Well, good morning, everybody. I haven't been up here in a long time. Uh, I've spent most of my time behind the scenes, so it's kind of exciting that I get to be up here with you guys today and share a message with you. Um, Andrew asked me to do a message, and I said, well, I could do a message on rest, and what we could do is, for the next 20 minutes, take a power nap, right? I mean, don't you all need a power nap? I surely do, especially after going to the game on Friday with Andrew and him mentioning that, you know, that it was a poor score in the first, and I did turn around to Noah and, and Andrew and told both of them that I would never take them a game if the Trojans lost, so they're very fortunate that they won that night, so it was, it was a blast, but anyways, today I'm going to get to talk to you about the basic uh, practice of the Sabbath, um, so I'm going to share that with you uh, this morning, and uh, as we start all of our messages this morning, we'll talk about uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, which has been our theme verse for you, and it says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will be will not will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever therefore i do not run like someone running aimlessly i do not fight like a boxer beating the air no i strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after i have preached to others i myself will not be disqualified for the prize there, there's probably a lot of you in here that done a lot of things in life and had to practice right I say this all the time that I tried to do guitar and I wanted to learn it like in an hour and I got so frustrated that I just never learned it just because I have to get something done right now. So it's just not my thing. But I have walked and run and done things like that and I know that the more I do it, the better I get at it. And that's kind of like what we're doing with all of these out here today, or this, this whole series. I don't know how long the series is, but, um, but as you do each one of these, you need to practice them. So today I'm going to talk to you about the Sabbath, also known as, the Sh- as Shabbat. Um, so let me ask you this. Does your day look kind of like this? You wake up, you get coffee, you take care of the pets and kids, you prep for lunches, you have breakfast, you read the Bible, You check email, you check social media, respond to texts, you take a shower, you get dressed, you leave the house and commute to work. Eight hours of work, at least eight hours of work, some people that's more. Um, Eight hours of juggling tasks, maybe from four different positions of some sort, your primary job and maybe you're doing other things, right? You still find time for maybe a morning snack, you find time for lunch, you find time for an afternoon snack. Maybe you have time to talk to your boss for a few minutes. Then you leave work. You commute home. You play with your pets. You check your email. You check your social media. You respond to texts. You get a little bit of games in or you watch a couple hours of TV with people, with your family and friends. You put the pets to bed. You lock the house. You sleep for six hours. This doesn't mention anything about some evening meetings, a broken appliance, which happens often around my house. (laughs) or the need to pick something up from the store. None of that is even into your your schedule. And I know most of us wake up in the morning, including myself, and have a plan in place, and there's always one of those things I just mentioned that get in the way, right? Right? It's kind of like if you've ever seen Christmas Vacation. (laughs) I guess most of you have. (laughs) 
uh, uh, um, Chevy Chase asked his son to do something, and he looks at his watch and goes, Woo! Look at the time. I got to get to bed. I still have to brush my teeth, feed the hogs, do my homework, check the bills, wash the car, on and on and on, right? We just have busy lives. We just have busy lives, right? And, and our culture kind of defines that for us. Um, Kenny Chesney wrote a song recently called Noise. 24-hour television gets so loud that no one listens. Sex, money, and politicians talk, talk, talk. But there really ain't no conversation, ain't nothing to left to the imagination. We're trapped in our phones, and we can't make it all stop, stop. So hopefully I'm talking to the right people here, because it is true. We're all busy. And I know many of you, like myself, look for peace and quiet, and we're not able to find it. It's kind of looking like love in all the wrong places. I use a lot of song things because I'm just a song person, but Johnny Lee wrote that song, and there's actually a good message with that statement as well that maybe I'll share with you someday. But earlier this year, we did a study uh, in Renew called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry um, by Pastor John Mark Comer. And if you haven't read the book or done the study, maybe you start a study and do it because it is really a good study. Um, I think it's four or five weeks long. But he gives, us a, he gives us a good view of a better balanced life living. John, is, he's a, a founder, pastor of uh, Bridgetones Church. And they have about five or 600 uh, attend each of their services. They have four or five of those. And, of course, being a, a, a pastor or founding pastor of a church, he's busy. I mean, he has a hurried life. There's so many responsibilities. And so he was not only doing this study and writing it for us, but he was also writing it for himself. Let me ask you this or ponder this for a moment. What comes to mind when you think of the Sabbath? What, what comes to your mind? Rest, yep. Good. I personally associated the Sabbath with parking my gluteus maximus on my couch <laughs> and doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm not busy today. <laughs> That's what I put down. That's what I think about when I first thought about the Sabbath. And honestly, that's the hardest thing in the world to do in itself if you just do that. Because <laughs> you just can't, at least not for me. I can't just sit still all the time. <laughs> um, but in Genesis 2.2 tells us, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, we all live in a culture that values grind, never taking a day off is expected, almost a sign of success. Taking a day off sounds like a bad idea to many people. We ache for a day off, but we never find time for it. <laughs> in fact, advertising out there thrives on this, that, this aching that we have, right? Um, they tap into our restlessness all the time, right? $99 for a cool robe. Buy one, get one, three free robes or throws, right? Um, and the most comfortable sheets out there. Or maybe you've seen commercials about vacations or cruises or all-inclusives or uh, that comfortable bed or we can't forget about those lounge chairs. <laughs> but you can spend a lot of time doing all of that stuff. Um, and they just thrive on that, and we, we go out and buy all those things. But let me ask you this. Have you ever felt guilty for taking a day off? Or have you felt like you have unfinished business 
right? We all have that. I do that my often, myself often. Uh, for many of us, taking a day off means running errands, working on personal projects, or possibly working more. Unfortunately, our culture tells us that staying busy is much better, much more better than doing things on, uh, than doing nothing at all. Well, today I'm going to share you my playbook of what I learned from that uh, that study we did on the Sabbath, and uh, hopefully you'll find some of it that you can utilize in your weekly uh, or daily practices as well. Um, Alan Fadling, in his book, Unhurried Life, writes, The Sabbath is a good antidote for our hurried, harried pace of life and gives us the hurried one-in-seven rhythm woven into the very fabric of creation. In John's study, he points out four different movements or practices of the Sabbath that will help us reach a better place in life and hopefully uh, get some of the things that you have uh, a little bit more in order. Every morning I wake up to Psalms 4610, well, at least most mornings. I see it every morning, or I know it's on, on my wall, that tells me, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God, yes. The Sabbath is a day we stop working and stop hustling. Stop all work, including thinking about it. Stop wanting, stop worrying, stop fighting against hurry, and take stock in what we have. Take stock in what you have. Just stop. Just stop. He's going to take care of you. Just stop. Stop for a little bit, right? The Sabbath is an antidote for our hurried, crazy life. Just stop and breathe, baby, like uh, the Raiders coach would say. <laughs> I know that Bill and them were out back there with their Broncos stuff, so. <laughs> and we even find that Jesus took time to do this, right? If you look at Mark 135, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Have you ever had one of these moments where you got so stressed out that you had to take a walk around the block? <laughs> right? I mean, I've done it. I've gotten so stressed out, i got to get up from my desk and go take a walk around the block. Right? I need a break for a few minutes. And I've done it often. I've done it. I've talked about it where I've spent a lot of time walking around these neighborhoods. In fact, this church, us being here is part of the, some of those walks. But walking around the block, you just take time and get away for just a little bit of time, you know. And, and I share with our, our renew people all the time that I'll walk. Sometimes I'll listen to worship music. Sometimes I'll look at the beauty that's around us, the mountains, the sky, the animals, the things that are going on around me. And it surely takes away from that moment that I had when I had to take the walk around the block for a little bit. And sometimes I'm more productive. Sometimes I come up with a good message or a good idea. Or sometimes I hear a good worship song that will warm my heart for the rest of the day and then I might share with others. Just taking a little time to stop. Just taking a little time to stop. And that's the importance of the Sabbath, is taking a little time to stop. The second translation of it is rest. God rested, right? In John, Genesis 2.2 it says, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. He just stopped. I don't know, you know, to me I, I look at God in a whole different world and I think, well, I don't know that he... He probably rested all the time because he's God, right? But, <laughs> but he also needed to rest and stop, right? 
And in this second definition, John mentioned in his book that it's physical, mental, and emotional rejuvenation. All of those when you're resting. Rest does include sleep. We all love sleep. At least I do. But it's more important than that. True rest is actively trusting in, uh, trusting God with your worries, setting aside your problems and needs that need to be solved. John states that in his study, when I rest, I'm not wasting time. And if I am, I'm wasting time on God and resting in him. In Abraham Herschel's book on the Sabbath, he states, It is a sin to be sad on the Sabbath. Curate joy, rest in him. Psalm 62.1 also reminds us, Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Just just rest. So we want to stop, and the second thing we want to do is rest. Rest. Trust Him. The third thing is delight. The Sabbath is meant to be a celebration, a party, a feast, or a holiday. It's a day we can enjoy life to the fullest. It's a happy day. The question then is, for you and for me, is what can I do for a day that will bring me this deep, soul-level, throbbing joy? A time to pamp your soul. Eat fun foods. Play games. Prioritize special events or experiences together, like we did at the Trojan game. Now I'm going to show you a clip from the, the show Chosen. If you haven't seen it, I think Andrew spoke to, about it before. It's a pretty good uh, you know, series out there that you can watch. The first two seasons are out now. But I'm going to show you this video of Mary Magdalene preparing for the Sabbath. The boys are paying attention back there. And it's kind of dark, so. Followed that meal, Barnaby. <laughs> Not that he waited. Byron. Looking as handsome as ever, Barnaby. <laughs> Lucky guess, Shula. <laughs> Is this the place? If Mary's here, it is. Do I know you? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm James. This is Thaddeus. We were told this would be a good place to come. We can leave if it's off. Oh, oh no, please come in. You're most welcome here. Can we help? Oh, no. Well, uh, yes, I, I don't know what I am doing. <laughs> I see food. That's a victory. If I'm not doing something or doing something wrong, you tell me. Oh, nonsense. It's already great. Can't remember the last time I was invited to Shabbat dinner. Me, never. you never been to Shabbat? Of course I've been to one. Been to lots. Just never got invited. <laughs> 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 Who's the extra seat for? Well, uh, for Elijah. Am I right? I remember my mother always setting an extra place for Elijah. That's only for Passover. Just once a year it's said. Well, when the comes, I'll have a head start on setting up. Can I read it for you, Mary? Stop it, Barnaby. I read better than you. 
my father taught me. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, is the first door out? Yes, let's eat. Like I said, you are very popular. Or it's a Pharisee here to shut us down for letting you be here. Hello, Mary. Hello. It's good to see you. Yes. Yes. I don't want to be rude, but would it be okay if, if I... Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. Please come in. I just never thought you'd done. I have guests here. Uh, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Rabbi, Rabbi. You already know these men? They are students of mine. I trust they have been polite. Of course. Your guests can take the seat. Yes, Mary? Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, of course, please have a seat. I keep saying of course a lot. <laughs> um, Francis is the man I told you about who, um, who helped me. Oh, yes, yeah. Mary told us so much about you. Oh, I hope not too much. I'm Barnaby. This is Shula. She is blind. Ah. In case you couldn't tell. I'm, I'm so sorry, I, I don't actually know your name. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Huh? Well, apparently something good can come from Nazareth. <laughs> what? Mary, I'm honored to be here. Why don't you begin? Oh, no, I, I couldn't now that you are here. You must. Thank you, but this is your home. And I would love for you to do it. Okay. I'll just, uh, I'll just read from this now. Now the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. And God completed on the seventh day his work that he did. Stained on the seventh day from all the work he did. And then God blessed the seventh day, and he hallowed it. For thereon he abstained from all the work that God created to do. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. You have lovingly and willingly given us your You have lovingly and willingly given us your Shabbat as an inheritance in memory of creation. Because this is the first day of our holy assemblies in memory of the exodus from Egypt. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth.
So maybe your Sabbath could look something like that. Taking delight in all you have, spending it with time with family and friends. The guys will get the lights on in a minute. I think they're working on it. So, <laughs> anyways, you could, and if not, I'll just talk in. There we go, talk in the dark. But anyways, <laughs> it could look like that, right? Now, look, our world is full of bad news all week long. I, I personally boycott the TV news. All the time, my mom will ask her, somebody will ask me what the weather's like, and I say, I don't know, I boycott the news, I don't watch it. <laughs> and I feel so much better about it, trust me. Um, I try to filter my news through other avenues, but, uh, but there's just so much bad news all the time. And a great uh, Marvin, or Marva Don writes, a great benefit of the Sabbath is keeping, keeping it is that we learn to let God take care of us. We learn to let God take care of us. And, and that's all, including myself, you need to, we need to learn that, right? You know, it's not becoming passive or lazy, but it's a freedom of giving up our feeble attempts to be God in our own lives. Did you catch that? But in the freedom of giving up our feeble attempts to be God in our own lives. I'm preaching myself here because <laughs> there are times I just want to take over and get something done. Fix it with a hammer. <laughs> Turn it with a screwdriver. Just get it done. Yeah. But we need to learn to let him take care of us. And we can do that, at least start with that, just by practicing, practicing the Sabbath. Another famous story in the Bible is uh, the story of Martha and Mary. It's in Luke 10:38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was so distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him and asked, Lord, do you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Lost my spot. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Delight in him, and let the rest of the stuff take care of itself. For one day. For one day. For a few hours. So delight's important. So we want to stop, we want to rest, and we want to delight. Take note of all the things that, that God has done for you. And the fourth one is worship. The fourth translation is worship. And for this reason, Sunday works for a lot of people. Maybe not for some of us who work at the church, and maybe so. But, uh, but Sunday is a great day for you to practice the Sabbath. It's a holy day. It's not a holiday, but it's a holy day. And no matter which day you choose you're encouraged to think of the Sabbath as a day dedicated to God. And there are many worships on, there are many verses on worship out there that seems, and it seems that the middle of the Bible, the book of Psalms, has a lot of verses on worship. Psalms 101 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Psalms 102 tells us, Worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Songs 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalms 96, 13 says, let all creation rejoice before the Lord. And I know we'll have a message on worship coming up here soon as part of this series, and you're not going to want to miss that. The idea is to give thanks and be in awe of all he has done for you. All he has done for you. Now, some of you might say, this is all great, but life happens, right? This is all great. The Sabbath is great, but life happens. But listen to what Matthew, what's said in Matthew is it's okay as long as you keep things perspective, right? This, I'm sure many of you remember this story. At the time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain for them to eat. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read the law that the priests on the Sabbath day in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you have known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would know, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now going on from that place, he went to the synagogues, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if you have... If any of you have a, has a sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched out his hand and completely restored it, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. The Pharisees had defined the Sabbath so strictly that they would have rather allowed someone to suffer instead of seeing the whole, seeing them whole and healthy. The effort to practice the Sabbath had become so cold and legalistic to them um, that, that they lost sight of what it really was. While it's helpful to set up some boundaries to protect your Sabbath, you should not become so strict that it creates anxiety in you and pain in others. Jesus understood the Sabbath. It was meant to bless humanity, not keep them from God's provisions. There is no need to feel guilty if an emergency arises on your Sabbath. But the Sabbath is important because it removes distractions. It allows us to be sensitive to the Spirit and gives us a day to experience the beauty of life. Spend the day with the family. Do a date night, right? Reflect on the beauty of the world. Take a hike like Andrew does, right? Take a walk like I do, right? Walk around the block. Somebody reminded me the other day that sometimes you just go up to the mountains and let the wind blow through the trees. It's great to listen if you stop for a little while. Just take time. Just breathe, baby, <laughs> right? Taking the fruits of what God has done for you and who he is also, right? Who he is. It's important. Stop for a little bit. We get so tied up in this world, 
I know I do. And I'm no different than anybody else. As Kent said when he said, I'm just a farmer boy from Nebraska. <laughs> right? I'm just a guy here in San Bernardino. And I'm no better off than anybody else. And I'm, I'm just as busy, probably more busy than a lot of you. <laughs> and I tend to forget who he is. And I tend to forget that wind that's blowing through the trees sometimes. We just got to stop for a little bit. We just do. In Hebrews 4.14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. Jesus, the great high priest. It's one thing to focus on. Jesus reminds us that the Sabbath is a good way for our is the Jesus reminds us that the Sabbath is made for our good and for his glory. We should not approach the Sabbath thinking that we practice it wrongly. Right? That's a that's a block in itself, right? You start to think, well, I can't do that right. I mean, you saw the movie or the show from Mary up there and and she was all nervous, but she was going step by step through that, right? We just need to, we, we should not do it that way. Or that we would think God would be disappointed in us or angry at us. Those are all things that come, come to mind when I think about doing something like that, right? God loves us and he blessed us with a day of rest, a day of stop, a day of rest, a day of worship, a day of, of, of uh, delight, right? And remember, like we said in the beginning of this message, and all our messages, that practice makes perfect. Right? Keeping the Sabbath is not a good idea. It's a command from God. God wants us to rest after our long work week and trust him with our time. I can go through that list again if you like. God checked, feed the dogs, wash the car, <laughs> whatever, 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 right? Studies out there have shown that taking time away from the job can phys be physically and mentally healthy for you. People who take vac vacations have lower stress, less heart risk, a better outlook on life, and are more motivated to do things and achieve goals. They become more effective. And that's just our, a common study, not, not something out of the Bible. It's just out there. I truly believe that companies give you vacation days. I think they wouldn't give them to you if it wasn't some benefit for them, at least some of them out there. You know, I think that they do give you vacations so that you can be more rejuvenated and be more successful in them. In the Bible in Leviticus 25, God sets aside a year of rest for the land. If you've read Leviticus before, the Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, say to the people of Israel, when you come to the land, I will give you, then the land will have a rest to the Lord. Six years you will plant seeds in your field. Six years you will take care of your vines and gather them for, and gather the fruit. But on the seventh year you'll let the land rest, a rest to the Lord. You will not plant seeds in your field or take care of your vines. You will not gather what grows on itself in your field, and you do not gather the fruit of the vines that have not been cared for. The land will have a rest, a year of rest. 
During the year of rest, the land will give you food for will give food for you, for your men and women servants, the the man you pay to work for you, the, and the strangers who live with you. Even your cattle and animals in the land will have food to eat. Check this out. There are studies out there, and Andrew shared this with me the other day. There are studies out there that, due to COVID nineteen shutdown, some of the places like national parks have seen air and water qualities improve and wildlife behavior had changed all because of the shutdown and the quietness of that time frame. So there is definitely truth out there about just taking some time off. Now, if you could take a whole year off, more power to you. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just asking or telling you just take a day. And not even a day. Start out with just a little bit of time, right? Just take off. Start small, right? Because taking off time away from all this noise and hustle in life, is, is a must, and it's best when you do it. And I'm telling you, it's the hardest thing in the world. We did this study in April, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out. I try to do an hour sometimes a day because a week, one day a week is tough. In his book, he talks about you taking sabbaticals away from everybody, family, friends, everybody, and park yourself somewhere for a weekend just to get away to rejuvenate. But it's more about just integrating a Sabbath day or a Sabbath as a normal part of your week. And it's going to be difficult at first, especially if you're not used to any regular rest. It's going to sound feel awkward. It's going to sound weird. It's going to be just tough for you to do. And people are probably going to say, hey, this world's going to say, hey, this, we got these things to do. Um, but you have to do it. But I just encourage you to start slow, like I have. I, and I'm not good at it yet. I can guarantee you that. But an hour here or an hour there or um, a day here, spending time doing what you want to do, finding that joy that you, that, you, um, that you desire, right? When we went to a football game on Friday night, it reminded me how much I just enjoy going to a football game and taking that in. And I, sometimes you don't even realize it until you do something like that, right? I, I enjoy going to baseball games all the time. I love going to the Dodgers or the Angels or whatever, some sporting event, because it takes my mind away from all of that stuff for that time frame and lets me just focus in. And that's what you have to do. It could be a baseball game. It could be uh, lunch with friends. You could have church and go have lunch with friends, right? <laughs> whatever it might be, but it just gets you away from all of those things that go on in this world, that worry, that stress in life. Put your work aside till tomorrow. I work from home. It's tough to put your stuff away for a day or for a moment because it's so easy for me to, to, to work wherever I am. But you need to do that. So today I'm going to ask you just to start with a plan. Take baby steps. There's some paper and pins underneath there. Um, so before you leave today, I want you to start with an end in mind like a project. I do a lot of project planning, and when I go and talk to the doctors and nurses and so forth, I always tell them, just start with the, with the end in mind. Don't try to get to the end, just like that guitar playing that I mentioned earlier. There's no learning a guitar in an hour. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch for that. But you got to just start in the beginning and, and have an end in mind for you, right? When I struggle with stress or when I struggle with planning, I just tell myself one foot forward, one foot forward. I've spent a lot of times going to a lot of places where things weren't going well, 
And I sat in my car, and man, I'm not going in there because <laughs> this is not going to be good for me. I'm going to be on a hot seat or whatever might be going on. But I just didn't tell myself, one foot forward. God's got you. God's got your back. Just one foot forward. That's where you got to get to be. My brother-in-law always preached, and I use this all the time. He, he always preached, make a choice. Let him make the change for you. Just make a choice. It's all you have to do. So start with an hour. Start with a dinner. Start with a family with friends. Start with a walk with God. Put some music in your ears. Go on a hike. Listen to the winds. Whatever makes you feel good, that's what you want to do. And if you do this, if you surely do this, you're going to find rest in Jesus. You're going to find him as well as you're going to find rest for your soul. I guarantee it, whatever it might be. So, you know, if you worship, and we'll do worship in a little while, give yourself to him. Don't think about, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to feed the family this afternoon. Just focus on him. I saw my kids sit in this room in the back row on the floor worshiping the Lord. Something we teach, but just focus on him and let the worries, let him have your worries. He's got a big backpack, I can tell you that. <laughs> he does. He's got a big backpack. So before you go today, I want you to do two, three things for me on this paper. One, I want, to write, I want you to write down what brings you that soul-throbbing joy. And it's different for everyone. And maybe you don't know it right at the moment, but write that down. Just write that part down. What brings me that deep soul throbbing joy it's in your heart you know, and I know you can find it there maybe it is hanging out with friends at the USC football game as long as it wasn't the first quarter of last week <laughs> you know maybe maybe it's hanging out with friends maybe it's reading a good book my wife loves reading books you know it takes her away from things there's noise in this world you got to find that thing that gets rid of that noise for you the second thing is set a date for dinner with friends or a date night or a game night or make a plan to walk for 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day, right? And the third thing I would ask that you do is just schedule time with Jesus. Have coffee with Jesus or cocoa or tea or diet soda. <laughs> Whatever it is, right? Just, just take some time to have coffee with Jesus. Right, the uh, the orthodox the Orthodox Jews they would not do intercessory prayer on the Sabbath, and they wouldn't do it because it was more like work for them praying for others or praying for things. I see that as having coffee with Jesus. Just make your prayer coffee with Him, not asking for other things or asking for a new TV or a big giant screen or <laughs> whatever it is, but just have coffee with him. We all are good at talking to Jesus, but I can tell you, myself included, we're not always good at listening to him. We're not. We're not. And that's a whole other story I could share with you. But listen, spend time, have coffee, wherever it is. But pick a nice place. Don't pick it in front of your computer system or where your phone's buzzing because the texts are going off or whatever that might be. Just spend time with Jesus, right? So start small. 
an hour Sabbath, 30-minute Sabbath, I don't know, 10 minutes, <laughs> whatever. I encourage you, though, to spend some time away from this noise of this world and the noise of all the things that are going on and find time to spend with him. Spend time with your friends right there. You know, Today's Shelly's birthday. And if you don't, if you don't know Shelly, take her out to lunch. <laughs> get to know her. She's a great person, but today's her birthday, right? It's a good thing to get to know somebody new. We encourage that here. Shake a hand with somebody new, get to know somebody. So maybe it's Shelly. So tell her happy birthday. I'm not even going to tell you where she is. You're going to have to figure that out on your own. <laughs> but it's her birthday. So, um, yeah, so, so do that. So find something to do. I encourage you to do that. So with that, I, will, I ask you to fill that out, write that down, take it with you, pray about it. I'll be praying for all of you, including myself, the, to, uh, to do the Sabbath, to pick some time to take off. 30 minutes is not hard. I know it's hard in this world, but 30 minutes is not that bad. So, um, And we try to do Nate night. It doesn't work out very well. And I know that the Bates and... and, uh, and, and uh, Noah and his wife have been working hard there the last couple of weeks, and I'm surely no, don't think they've had much of a Sabbath. So they're probably in need of one for sure. <laughs> but Friday night was good for us, so um, so I encourage you to do that. With that, I'll pray for us, and we'll be uh, on our way to our lunch with our new friend, Shelly. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for uh, giving me this opportunity to share a message on the Sabbath, Father. Help us and remind us that we need to give our worries to you. We need to trust in you. Fill your backpack and not ours, Lord. More of you and less of us is what I always say, Lord. I continue to uh, pray for this congregation as well as this world, Lord, that we hear your voice, Lord, that we see your dreams and that we read your word. Man, what a world this would be if everybody would just do those things, Lord. I pray, Lord, as we go from here that we do find a place and rest with you, whether it's an hour or two. I pray that, Lord, someday that will be a full day, Lord, for us, that we can just trust in you for a day, rejuvenate our bodies, find that deep joy in you in our hearts, Lord. May you bless these people as they leave here today. May they go off and have a wonderful Sunday afternoon, Lord. Protect them and bring them back to us safely next week. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great day, everybody.